This show is brought to you by Loud and Opinionated. What's up, guys, and welcome back to un- The Underachievers, the long-dead show that nobody watched or listened to. Uh, it's back here on Loud and Opinionated. It's where it's going to be living. We're going to be talking about Ubisoft apologizes for DLC. A lot of stuff has come out about Mortal Kombat 11. There's a new Pokemon game? Live-action movie? I don't know what it is. We got a lot to talk about. Let's plug in. So, first, uh, let's talk about Ubisoft. They've, um... They've come out and apologized because apparently they've upset the gays. And <laughs> wait, 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 Jake, 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 Jake. You didn't want to come out here and acknowledge the long break we've had? You're just yeah, going to just the... tear right into it? I said at the beginning. Hey, guys. Sorry. I mentioned at the beginning that this show has been gone for a very long time. It's been a long day. Oh, God. Sorry. Out you, my friend. That's too depressing. It's a it's a good song. It's a great song. Uh, it's a great song. Very emotional moment in the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise. But yeah, it's uh, it's been like two years since uh, Underachievers has existed, and uh, we're back. We're we're on the Loud and Opinionated Network. We're uh, gonna be posting videos and reviews all over the place. It's exciting. We're coming back. Big yeah. and strong. We gotta get the like, name down before Rooster Teeth steals it. They're they're achievement hunter, so we're fine. I know. <laughs> they're getting close though. <laughs> they do have merch that says underachieve, and I was like, God damn it! But uh, fuck, <laughs> I, I think we're fine. I, I think we'll we're we'll, we'll get away with it. Uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff has happened in our absence, and a lot of stuff's happening right now. And so we're just going to hop into it. If it sounds bad, well, you know, we're rusty, all right? Why don't you back off? It's been it's been a while. They're, they're coming for us. We are professionals. we got to get that better. Stop talking over each other. Good God. God damn it, Jake. How, how's it my fault? It was chance. I didn't do shit. You're the leader, Jake. Everything's your fault. It's always my fault. I was moisturizing uh, yeah. my lips. Chapstick. But yeah, oh, we're. Yeah. Uh, I'm coming from Des Moines, Iowa. That's where I'm broadcasting from, and my my not my man corner, my man cave, uh, with a lot of my knickknacks. That's where Ashley said I could have my stuff. She just threw it in a corner and said, "That's where you can put all your things." And uh, so that's how I'm living. And uh, does that include you? Yeah, I sleep here. I sleep in this corner. <laughs> well, she does pay the rent. This tiny little space in my one bedroom apartment. Uh, so yeah, let's just jump into the news since uh, I was on a roll. Sparks derailed me, but uh, let's jump into the news. So Ubisoft has released some DLC details for Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and apparently it has upset some players that have chosen to make their character an LGBTQ-type character, a gay character. Um, It's upset them because it changes the lore. Is that right? Not, Not exactly. Pretty much what it does is it takes the the illusion of choice out of their hands. They can spend their entire time making the choices for their character to be 
LGBTQ or, uh, you know, straight or whatever they want. It doesn't matter. But inevitably, the Legacy of the Blade DLC second installment sees a pl the, the player funnel into a heterosexual relationship, which results in a baby, regardless of whatever choices they made. Um, I, I, don't, I don't see this as... Granted, I'm, I'm a straight man, so I, I probably don't have... We're all straight here, so we may, may not have the best perspective on it. But it doesn't seem like it's that bad, does it? I mean, imagine you spent your whole life with one person... And then you're getting ready to get married, and you wake up the next day, and it's somebody else, and you co you consciously know it. Yeah, but it's not me. It's a video game character. And? But people are living vicariously through their characters. I think the problem comes from this, this Assassin's Creed. It continues the transition started in Origins, where it's become this linear game to a more RPG, and sometimes a story... Uh, DLC doesn't match well with an RPG, especially with all the choices they have now. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm coming again. I'm coming in from a pers uh, perspective that I don't understand. I'm not really into that. Like my character, probably, honestly, if I was playing it, I'd probably just be banging everybody because that's just how I play my games. In Fallout Four, I was when you have the romance option to romance the male or female characters, I was banging everybody. Cause my, my yeah, but, that, 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 but that that's that's an overwhelmingly open choice as opposed to a choice with this person that you've determined that you've spent the time divesting your energies into romancing like playing Mass Effect. Well, yeah, and I think that's I think that's the big issue is while you can, um, it's the same in Odyssey. You can sleep with whoever you want, but yeah, this is a story element. Whereas Fallout Four, it was. You're right. It was very much, it was just something there. This was a person that I was just running around killing ghouls, and I was just sort of like, hey, we've been doing this for a while. Want to have some sex? Like, <laughs> that's... What the fuck? Like, it literally just shows up at one point where you can just say, okay, romance. So, yeah, I can understand that aspect where if you were playing those characters as gay, to just immediately have them just say, oh, no, we're going to... We're gonna make your character straight, and you're gonna have this baby, and, and change it that way. Like I understand, I think it's just because it's a narrative choice. Why pe why people are upset? But that's just it. I mean, that that means that any choice that you made leading up to that is irrelevant. Whatever you wanted for your character doesn't matter because ultimately the story is gonna override you. Well then, yeah. Well, what's the solution if you're Ubisoft? Do you if do you implement? They're gonna apologize. They're gonna release a sorry. Because I mean, what else could you do? Is make have a surrogate like you could probably work your way out of that and have a maybe a surrogate storyline where you know if your character's gay. The the way the way Ubisoft has explained this away for both sides because they're not gonna fix it. They're gonna stick what they want. Is because ultimately it's a it's a legacy thing. That at the end of it, your character wants their legacy to be passed on or something to that effect. I don't know. I haven't played it. Right. And the only way to do that in this in this time period is to engage in a quote unquote normal relationship. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like maybe they could work something out where you have to, which I don't think this would happen in ancient Greece, but this would be. I think it'd be something where you have to get an error or you have. I don't know. I don't know how they work themselves out of that situation. Now, my, my personal favorite part in all of this is that 
Jake, you you know who uh, released the story about this outrage to begin with? Polygon. Of course it was Polygon. No, well. Kotaku. Oh, it was Kotaku? Okay, never mind. Who leaked it? I was guessing. <laughs> um, they did do, they did, uh, Ubisoft did apologize. They did release a statement saying that they were sorry about it and didn't understand that it would be a problem. I just, I don't know, man. I think it sucks for, you know, maybe people that are gay that actually lived, you know, role-played this and really cared about the story and their character and loved that the idea that they could be a gay character, maybe that does suck for them that they can't keep playing that way, but I don't know what else to tell them other than sorry. Like you said, sorry. Like how else do you, are they going to patch that in? Uh, pretty much all they're going to do at this point is rename the, the, uh, the trophy that comes with it, the achievement, the trophy. So that it doesn't reflect, I, I guess the, uh, the choice there. Oh yeah. Cause it says growing up. It was the name of it. Yeah. I'm sure people are upset about that title because it's like, well, not everybody wants to have kids. But I mean, for the characters in the game, this is about you know your lineage, and again, the only way to further the lineage is through, you know, that X and Y. Yeah, I would, I would like to see, I I would love to have this conversation with someone who is gay and played as a gay character and see what they think about it because. We're all three coming from the same perspective right. of straight dudes, so well, we don't. Furthermore, I think there's a narrative here to be said about the representation of the LGBTQ community in gaming, as it were. Right, and it it, it is unfortunate that they don't get the rep- representation they want. And I, you know, I'm not someone that like bangs on the drum of identity politics when it comes to my entertainment, but there isn't really any gay. Like gay main characters in anything, as far as I know. No, not 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 specifically gay. I mean, a lot of it's going to be like your Mass Effect and your Dragon Age, uh, where they're characters that are gay by choice. Right, and and you can have it's bisexual, so you can have sex with women and men. It's not you mutually can bang exclusive. Any NPC you want. We're in the future. That's what I was saying. I mean, we all remember we all remember Caden Olenko in Mass Effect. I. I kind of want to go back. Clingiest love choice you could have had. I have been talking about going back to play that, and I want to go back and just bang Garrus. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to bang him. If you're into that kind of thing. So I'll write this down. Bang Garrus. I banged a... Oh God, I can't remember that girl's name. Because Mass, Mass Effect Andromeda, as much as I didn't hate it, as much as everybody else did, I don't remember anything about it. <laughs> Typical male fantasy. I wanted to bang an alien, but I banged the one that looked like a bug. Hey, we all got our kinks. <laughs> all right. Uh, so this is probably, I'm probably the only. I don't know, Chance. How much do you like Mortal Kombat? Mm, I don't know. It's something I like to get more into when I have, you know, more time. Well, I'm probably the only <laughs> one that's really excited about Mortal Kombat 11. I'm, I'm stoked. Um, I know you can tell my voice. <laughs> I, I Bruh, I'm on it. I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 since PS2 era. I know that's not saying much. No way. What? You've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 since the PS2 era? Yeah, dude. I'm I'm from the future. I've played this game multiple times. Wow. Uh, but I've been in. I'm actually someone that's like nerdy about this stuff and actually like gets into the lore and is actually excited that there's time travel involved with Mortal Kombat 11. Um, so 
I think, yeah, it was Thursday. They came out, had this big reveal, uh, big stage show to kind of show off the game, which to me signals that E3 is dying and that we're going to see more events like this. And maybe we can get into that discussion for a different episode, but I, I think you're seeing more of games come out and have their own produ- production teams and own reveal events but this was i thought this was really cool they had a bunch of different like youtubers industry people what the hell was that me trying not to sneeze (laughs) and um yeah they showed off the game they kind of gave hints about the story and and the fact that which i think this is hilarious it's has time travel so it's clearly them saying hey all the stuff that you hated about that story we can change it because we have time travel now. We can bring back characters that you wanted. Timey wimey, wibbly wobbly. Power of retcon. Oh yeah, they're gonna be retconning hard. I think. Well, they'll be going back in time. Back in time. Back in time. I I liked a lot of it. We're seeing Baraka come back, who's like a fan favorite. Like the fatalities on this are gruesome, and I love it. The gore's amped up. They've added some new uh, fighting game mechanics. So now that the, like you have your health meter, but you also have uh, a weapon meter and a special meter. And when your health gets down to like 30%, instead of like an x-ray move, you get a fatal blow. So it does a ton of damage and kind of evens the fight out for you. Uh, the problem with fatal blow is it's only once per game. Not once per round like an x-ray. It's like once per... Once per three rounds, right? Yeah, like once per match. Which I I like, because otherwise then you're just going to have people spamming that. Or like, they're going to get beat up, and then they're just going to, oh, we got to do this. Someone who's way shittier could... uh... And does like, what, one, like, 30% damage? Yeah, once your health gets below, or gets to 30% or below, yeah, then it'll show up on your health bar to hit the triggers to do the fatal blow. And it kind of, like, levels it out. Which is... Which is a less convoluted than, say, if Street Fighter did it, because then you'd have to, like, you know, pretty much massage and jerk off <laughs> Yeah, the it's a simple button press, and I'm sure it's, like, just, like, the X-Ray or special moves in, like, Injustice and the other Mortal Kombat games, where you, you can, if you're farther far enough away, you could dodge it, or if you just duck a certain, you know, do something. I'm sure there's a way to reverse it. It's not going to be something that's... Or just... just yeah, something suck. where, like, oh, somebody's going to hit it, and you're screwed. Um, they showed off Eight, and it looks like there's going to be 25 possible fighters before the DLC. And this is what I'm worried about because this is a game that I want to play on release. But I'm also like, well, why don't I just wait a year and buy Mortal Kombat 11 XL like they did with Mortal Kombat X? See, my, my problem my problem with this is in an age where we just got Super Smash Brothers with the complete, most complete fucking roster we've ever seen. You're going to come out here and give us 25? Not good enough. I think that's based on feedback because when you go back to the PS2 era with Mortal Kombat Armageddon, which was like, wasn't well received and what made them like reboot the series, um, they had 65 characters in that game. And which is amazing. That was the best part of the game. People hated that though. People were like, "Why is this person?" Well, because I mean, they had a couple joke characters like mocap and shut your mouth. Joke mocap is amazing. He's a he's a dude in a mocap suit. Exactly, and it's the best meta joke <laughs> they've ever made. 
There's one character called uh, Meat that has no skin. Um, like it's, they had a bunch of some of them I can't even remember because they're so forgettable. But I I can understand why you would want more fighters because I think 25 is a little slim. But I don't know. Mortal Kombat X had I think the same about the same amount, and I I enjoyed that game a lot. I I think. Netherrealm continues to innovate and make awesome fighting games, but I just I can't stand that they're saddled up with WB because WB is all about they're like an Activision, they're like an Ubisoft, EA, like they're a big publisher, so they're gonna try and milk as much money as you want. And sure enough, they're like, oh, Shao Kahn's in the game, so it's like, oh, that's cool. They're probably gonna bring him back into the story, but oh wait, I gotta pre-order him. Which I guarantee you he'll be on the disc, but I'm going to have to still pay an extra $5 to fight as him. I'm like, that's so stupid. My, my question is, can we get something better than Shao Kahn? I just got done dealing with him in Mortal Kombat 9. Oh my god, fuck Shao Kahn. Right in his goddamn skull-faced mouth. Chance, he is a one-move bitch. He is that so is annoying. The, the guy that's banned in tournaments, like official tournaments. <laughs> Dude, he does, like... Everybody's x-ray move does damage, but his, he, like, punches you and it takes off, like, 30% of your health. It's nuts. And, like, he'll throw his hammer at you and that takes off, like, half your health. I'm like, all right, fuck. And then he'll throw his hammer again. I'm like, fuck you, game. And then he'll (laughs) laugh at you. I'm like, ugh. Hey, I'm all for that. I'm all for challenging boss. But when he one moves me, I'm like, all right, this is stupid. Fuck, I don't care. Make Shang Tsung the bad guy again and make me fight Goro. Looks like Raiden's going to be the bad dude. Looks like they're going on the path of the end of Mortal Kombat X. Spoilers if you haven't played it. I know Chance wants to play it. It's on Game Pass, Chance. I'll play it. Uh, uh, I... But is it on Go there ahead. with the DLC? I think it's just the base game. There's no DLC characters. Yeah, no Xenomorph, no me, no me play. I'll be honest. I bought Predator because I love Predator. And I played with him... At- it's 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 all it's fan service. That was my problem with Mortal Kombat X was there there wasn't enough Mortal Kombat characters in it. There were too many guest characters. Like eight of them. Four of those four of them were uh, horror movie characters. Well, sci-fi horror movie characters. They had the Xenomorph, like you said, Predator, Leatherface, Jason. Jason. Like Freddy was what? cool and MK9, but good god. I mean, that's just Freddy. That fits the tone of the game, though. Like. Not, not even not even the tone of the game. He kind of fits the lore a little bit. Well, because he exists in the dream realm. Yeah, right. I mean, I I'm fine with guest characters. I just thought they were all, they were pretty. There was a lot of them in uh, MKX, and because because like how many guest characters were there for Injustice Two? Like I can only think of the Ninja Turtles in Hellboy. Hellboy, yeah. I think that was it. <sighs> Enchantress and Adam and well, those are actually DC characters. Those are still Raiden DC and, characters. Raiden and, Raiden and yeah, those are guest characters. Yeah, which I'm I'm like okay, I'm a, I'm not against them having like I get it. It's the same studio, but when they put in MK characters, I'm like, well, just put them in. Why why are they? In, I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. Well, being... Scorpion was so broken in Injustice. I, I'm, I, I wouldn't have been so upset if it were if it weren't one. When you take up two slots, yeah, from like Mortal Scorpion in the original Injustice it. was cool. That was a cool cast character. That's fine. But yeah, I agree that like when you when you dedicate more than one spot to a guest character, that's a little much. 
Um, overall, though, I think it looks great. Like visually, the graphics look really good. It looks pretty solid. Like say what you want to. Like I said about their business practices, NetherRealm makes really good fighting games. They're really fun. They're easy to pick up, and they're if you can master them. You're a total badass. Like, I very rarely play online, and when I do, I get crushed <laughs> every time. Because I can't juggle. That's the thing. you got to hit people up in the air and then do combos, and I can't I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm not very good at it. All right, so this next topic here, Jake's not going to give any about, really. Yeah, you guys can talk all night about this. It, it's more just fun for anybody who actually had a real childhood. Good, wholesome fun. <laughs> so... So, so, so the word right now is cycling out, of course, in a year that we're getting Detective Pikachu, there's a good chance we're going to get a live-action movie roughly based off of the original red and blue Pokemon games. You know, the, the hero's journey through the gyms all the way up to facing off against Mewtwo. It's... Which... I'm surprised it's, it's taken this long, to be honest. I See, my, my problem is it's eight gyms. I don't know if we're going to be able to squeeze all that in as you'd want it to be in two and a half hours well i guess you could do the first few and then um you could uh do a montage for like the last until you get to the elite four and ultimately i don't my problem is i don't know if i could care about a nameless faceless character who i'm not attached to if we were making it based off of the adventures of ash I guess, but we've seen this before. I don't know. So I prefer Red over here. Ash, but maybe... I don't know. But the problem is every yeah. Red is different. You know, you, you starting from your original choice. You know, you chose a Charmander. Well, you know, there's the people out there who chose Bulbasaur because they're stupid to think he was good. <laughs> Bulbasaur. I don't know. I have no fucking idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> you know, and then immediately after you leave Pallet Town... Then it becomes the story of the Pokemon that you choose and the choices that you make. You know, me, I went out and I never caught any Nidorans because I thought they sucked. So I focused more on getting Mankey and Butterfree up and running and kicking the living crap out of Brock. Or Brock. Never opened. Him and his poor life choices to only have two Pokemon. So is this a movie or is this movie. a game? It's a movie. Based on? Based on the original two games. Can we briefly talk about how fucking weird Detective Pikachu is? It looks amazing. You shut your fucking mouth, Jake. I, I, I know it is, but it's such a weird okay. choice. First off, it's yes, it, it, it's a weird concept, but I think it's just weird I think it's the bridge it between like making Pokemon movies work and maybe even anime movies work. No, don't say that. Dragon Ball showed that that doesn't work. Okay, dra- okay Dragon Ball tried a decade ago. And it didn't work. <laughs> I think what makes it work is the guy, guy like Ryan Brian Reynolds, Reynolds do it. Yeah. Because, and well, they had Justice Smith from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, I hope I, hope uh, I like we, him we've better We've talked in this about movie. that off So if he plays anything even remotely like his character in that, I'm going to hate this movie. <laughs> well, I, I think it benefits from a really good trailer. The trailer got someone like me who I don't have any affinity for Pokemon watching that trailer. I was like, you know what? I would definitely check this out. This looks like it'd be a really fun movie. And I think it was a combination of, even though it's weird, it's, I think it's broad enough. Cause they use a very basic storyline of like, well, my dad died 
and I'm trying to figure out who killed him. And then Ryan Reynolds Pikachu was like, I'll help. He was <laughs> and, my partner. And you're the and you're the only one who doesn't think I just say Pika Pika. No, someone who can actually understand him. But even on top of that, I mean, once we hit the Mr. Mime sequence, that was so good. Yeah, and that's I think funny. that's just it. They, they, it's like Teen Titans Go. If you can hit the right comedic notes, people will follow, regardless of source material. Yeah, I thought, like I said, I thought that was a really good trailer. It was it was enough to get an audience like me, the, the, like a mainstream audience that might not necessarily care that much about Pokemon to be like, I might check this movie out. This looks really fun. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't alienate you with like 20 years of lore. Right. It didn't seem overbearing. So that makes sense. Now, how it's going to relate to something like Red and Blue, that's probably not going to be a movie I'll go see because... It depends I, on... It, it all depends. I mean, we never thought that an Aquaman movie would ever be good, but here we are. Yeah, but I think that's different because... Aquaman is something that's very broad. Like, yeah, there's like superheroes are such a broad. Genre. Sixty plus years of comic books, Aquaman. But there's so much story in it, and you have to be able to make it relatable and believable, and at the same time palatable to people who have spent these years thinking that Aquaman was a joke. But we were talking about the games. That if we started, if we if we started doing a backwards jump into the Jeff Johns Aquaman run, talking about the trench and the fight for the seven seas. You'd have been fucking off in nowhere. That's true. I guess it's just it's it's more of a thing about fandom. When when you're in it and you really care about it, you're gonna know all the obscure shit. So it's not gonna be that weird to you. Yeah, exactly. You have to make it appealable and still not alienate people. Make it, um, make it so normies understand, but still make it good that people who've been there since the beginning will enjoy themselves. Well, okay. So answer me this, because I like I, I don't know anything about Pokemon. Just the. the what is in blue? Like, what does that mean in the Pokemon lore? I think they're, they're just colors. They're two. Red and blue are the main characters. Basically, that's what it is. It's different versions like, of the same game. Wow. Like, do you remember the Pokemon, like the show? If you choose to name them that. Okay. So basically, red is so kind of Ash, and then blue would be his rival, who's Gary. Assface. Yeah, Assface Gary. Gary's a fucking dick, but that's a tangent for later. But see, that's what I'm saying. You would have to like explain it in a very rudimentary way to be like, yes. But that's some. But that's actually something that the movie itself would accomplish too. It's mm-hmm. going to bring you into the world. Yeah, I mean, I get. I never like was into it, but I get the appeal of Pokemon. I understand the the the, the appeal of even like Pokemon Go and Pokemon Let's Go. I get the appeal of those games, and I get the appeal of the 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 characters and all that. I just never got into. Honestly, it. Honestly, the best part about the the Pokemon series really is the collecting and the RPG elements. They're very very strong at that. The the Let's Go and the Go those are a whole other entity unto themselves, and those are divisive among players, as it were. But if anything, it gets kids into it, which I say is a good thing overall. Yeah, and when, and when Pokemon Go released, it created a second rebirth for the entire commerce surrounding it. I mean, the price mm-hmm. on Pokemon games well, Yeah, because you got, you know, people our age who grew up with the cartoon and love the characters. And so they all we all have smartphones. We're going to play it. And kids, they have tablets, and they're going to play it. And it's... it's I'm talking like the, NES, the, the Game Boy games. Their prices went up. Yeah, that's what I... Like, it, to me, that makes sense because... 
there's an interest like oh man i haven't played this in forever i'm gonna go back and do you know what i mean like you're like i want to revisit this and go back and do all this shit so that that makes sense i think it'll be successful just because like i've talked about with detective pikachu i think that's going to be the opening of the floodgates where i think that movie will work and i think a movie like this with red and blue will eventually continue to work because once they get people with detective pikachu that are interested then they can start making these more movies. I kind of like the idea that they're doing different things with it and they're doing making weird choices like that to kind of be like, we can make a red and blue movie and then maybe they can do a yellow movie or whatever other colors are involved. I know there's a yellow. That's all I know. There's a yellow because of how popular Pikachu was. Black and white. Oh, I yeah, think. That, that's way. <laughs> that's like Gen 4 or 5. What? Or no, black or no, black and white. I guess that's, was that 6? I can't remember. But um, It's like 4. Okay. But I think Diamond and Pearl is four. That's not what I was about to say. Um, if anything, this Detective Pikachu things, this red and blue news, it proves... Well, the one thing they got right is only having Gen 1 to start to keep it very simple. And the other thing is, is almost a proof of concept from the position of the CGI. Right. Because the textures, I know some people don't... I think they look amazing. Oh yeah, some some of them it's yes, like, some of them no. I, I'm not digging like, the Jigglypuff look. I think Pikachu looks amazing. Okay, okay, Jigglypuff's, you know, but like, the way Pikachu looks, he's like, why is Pikachu furry? He's a mouse, you moron. What is he supposed to look like? Okay, but that's the difference between like, say, how furry a cat looks versus how furry a Chihuahua looks. Granted, but. You haven't seen the people haven't also seen these characters in a 3D plane. You know they've only seen them on 2D animation, and um, 3D in real life, not right? Live action, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I agree. Like when they do a close up in the trailer and you look into Pikachu's eyes, I'm like, this is believable. These look like legitimate animals in this world. So it it looks. As someone who like doesn't. Maybe it was the anime, I don't, like, the anime style of the cartoon. As someone who's not really into Pokemon, I kind of like the idea of live-action Pokemon. Because I think they look awesome. So, I'm into it. And if you can get a guy like me who doesn't give a shit, you're doing a good job. <laughs> uh, lastly, this is the big news that I really wanted to talk to Sparks about. Because he's the big Destiny fan. Um, I will say, I'll give him credit, he got me back into Destiny. I used to, like, I played it very briefly when it first came out and then I kind of dropped off and then Sparks got me back into it. So I, and I, I didn't touch destiny Two because all the fiasco with that, but Bungie has officially parted ways with Activision and they retain the rights to destiny, all the publishing rights. So what does that mean for like hardcore, like, I don't know if you're hardcore, Sparks, but what does that mean for guys like you who are really into Destiny? Well, what this is going to mean ultimately for Destiny is they're going to have a lot of freedom with what they do with their property. I mean, Activision's one of those companies where they're going to... They, they ultimately want that model that you're going to see with Madden and Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty, where they want people... They want companies pumping out games every year. They want to just browbeat these fucking properties to death, which, you know, inevitably leads to... A giant, you know, just disgust with them. I mean, who, who's actually given a shit about Call of Duty since Modern Warfare 2? I mean, maybe Black Ops? I don't know. The Black, the second Black Ops is where they lost, like, after Black Ops 2. I 
fell off after Modern Warfare 2. Same. And then uh, same thing happened with Assassin's Creed. We started getting them every year from Ubisoft. And somewhere right about Black Flag, people fell off. So, no. Yeah. No, Syndicate's the really, Syndicate. Because really. that game was well, okay. unfinished. Because Unity, no, Unity was broken. And then Syndicate was fine. But just because of all the bad taste that Unity left in the mouth, Syndicate sales just, like, plummeted. But the problem I, is I, they I, didn't spend enough time developing the games to make right. them good. That they just kind of, you know... And that's why with the extra year of development, Assassin's Creed Origins was so good. And if you haven't played it, I'd suggest playing it. I need to play both. I need to play Origins and Odyssey. More to that point. So, I mean, Activision wanted that of Bungie. And Bungie had spent a lot of time after their dealings with Microsoft. And, you know, pretty much saying, hey, we're done with Halo. That You know, they decided to strike it on their own. Got Activision on board. Created Destiny, which, you know, was super hyped up. Because of the pedigree that Bungie had. And ultimately, yes, out the gate it disappointed, but with each successive DLC, it got better. And I think that's more to the fault of Activision, maybe, is they're trying to rush Bungie out and make them push games out every year, and they're coming out half half assed. Yeah, I, I think the um you know, I was reading the article, um, I believe, hold on, let me see. Yeah, I was reading PC Gamer's article about it. And there was, I think there was a serious, the whole reason this happened, I think there was a legitimate rift between Bungie and Activision with Destiny 2 because they changed a lot of things in Destiny 2 that I don't necessarily think Bungie, it was their idea. Like, the very microtransaction approach to things and like oh god the, the, the eververse yes and the in the mil the milking and in the nickling and diming the 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 player that to me reeks of activision and i think there was a legitimate rift and they also go back to quote the forsaken launch because activision comes out and says it was disappointing it didn't meet the numbers they wanted and bungie is like no we were pretty happy with how this turned out and we wanted to keep making this and i yeah i think Honestly, I don't think Bungie's a bad company. I think Bungie is player-focused and Activision is consumer-focused. Bungie, in my opinion, could use the hand of a much stronger, I don't know, less, more, more patient kind of developer, publication company. You know, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to say that they could get back on board with, like, Microsoft as they are today with Phil Spencer and stewardship. Phil Spencer is eyeballing them. No, I think, honestly, Phil's Phil's quite happy with the setup he's got right now. And I think ultimately he realizes even if if he wanted to, there's no way they could make Destiny an exclusive. it just never work. No, there's too much money in getting PlayStation players. You know, and yeah. I think ultimately this is a whole conversation about whether or not exclusives work. But that's a whole topic for a different day entirely. But even beyond that, I mean, this is this is a this is a company that has delivered some great narratives and we're talking 50 million sales with the franchise in general which is incredible really for something that deep they've created a lore system that works and of course as i've said it repeatedly they have one of the strongest gunplay mechanics out there yeah and they have a very passionate loyal fan base and i i think yeah destiny this is only i think everybody wins through this maybe not activision but um 
fans of Destiny and players, they're going to win out of this because Bungie... I, I love to say it right now, but honestly, I'm looking forward to Destiny 3. Well, yeah, with, with just Bungie doing it themselves? Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it'll ta- it might take forever. Yeah, but I mean, it's been said before that, you know, a rushed game is always bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll never complain. I mean, I'll make fun of it, like if you're cracked down three, but I I will never complain about a delay. Delays are always good because, yes, give people as much time as they need to make a game. And I think because of Destiny 1 and 2, I think Bungie's big enough that they don't need somebody like Activision. They can release a game themselves. I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, and I, I, they, they're even aware of it. You know, that self-published, you know, they actually quoted as saying, we know self-publishing won't be easy, but there's still so much for us to learn as we grow as an independent global studio, and they see unbounded opportunities and potential in Destiny. And that's fantastic. You know, they're definitely not naive about it. This is going to be a challenge, but I think as long as they take a patient hand and actually sit back and wait and listen to their community, they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I mean... Going back on the patient thing, it's like, look at, I mean, I I love to bring this up. Red Dead Redemption 2, it was supposed to be out a year before, I think, a year before it came out. Like, it was supposed to be, like, fall 2017 originally. They pushed it to spring, and then finally fall of 2018, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it had two delays before they released it. Now, the curious point in all this, really, is because, and, and they said for right now it's going to remain... Um, but for right now, what's going to happen with the PC players? Because a lot of them are hosting through Battle.net. I I think that'll be interesting. I think there'll probably be a bidding war between Epic Game Store and Steam. And I saw that the division is gonna only be on Epic Game Store. Um, so that I I think that'll be interesting too. Yeah, that's that's something, and that's that's the cool thing about it. And I want to. I want to see something like this be the trend where we don't we realize that we don't need these big publishers. We don't need EAs, we don't need Activision or Ubisoft where if you have a big enough fan base and enough support behind it, you can release your own games and you can do it how you want to do it. We got to give power back to creators. I've always said that whether it be with movies, games, anything, I think you have to trust the the people that make that IP and you got to let them do it. Well, arguably we're on the, we're on the backside of probably one of the strongest independent game pushes ever known. Really. I mean, if you look at the steam list and everything ID at Xbox has been pushing for years, I mean, there is more support for independent developers than there's ever been before. And even beyond that, I mean, especially with these larger titles, there's nothing wrong with needing a publisher or needing a developer. But I think ultimately, you know, the, the end game here is to be able to make it yourself. We're in the end game now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Don't talk about that. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking of which, uh, when the hell are we getting that Avengers game from? Uh, who, Never. Who God damn it! They're a bigger publisher. They're. Um... Uh, Marvel's pretty good at Insomniac. It's gonna drive me nuts. Tomb Raider. The new Tomb Raider, they've been making those. Crystal Dynamics, I think, or something like that. Uh, Could be wrong. Somebody Google it. Um, Anyway, so let's move on to the next part of the show. Um, All three of us game on a budget, so we think it's important to help cheap bastards like us 
And uh, we're going to tell you the best deals for Xbox and PlayStation. Now, there's a lot more deals out there, but I just kind of highlighted the ones that I thought were interesting. So uh, first, let's start with Xbox. UFC 3, because I know you uh, MMA guys out there love that game. That's on sale on Xbox for $19.80. Life is Strange Before the Storm, the in-between game between season one and season two. Uh, that is $7.50. The complete game is $7.50 on Xbox. Life is Strange Season 2 Episode 1 is $4. And I believe that's coming to Game Pass as well. So we have that. Um, I, I definitely know Before the Storm is on there. Yes, before the if you have Game Pass, Before the Storm is on Game Pass. Game Pass. And I believe the first season of Life is Strange is there. And I think season two is coming. So if you like Life is Strange, it's all right there on Game Pass. Well, I think truth be told, that's the best way to enjoy games like that. I think if we'd had a service for like that and the Telltale games, I mean, owning them is fine, but I don't feel like there's something that's really, you know, all that necessary. Yeah. As somebody who loves those games, I would agree. Because I have a bunch of them. I love them. I play them. And then I'm like, I'll never see you again. Uh, and Finally, Alien Isolation. No, not the mobile game. <laughs> Alien Isolation is 9 bucks, or you can get the full edition, the collection, for 12 on Xbox. Now, this is actually a game that I've been pondering getting for a while, or at least wanting to check out, because it is probably, to its heart, the most true Alien experience you're ever going to get. Well, and, I mean, 9 bucks. why not jump in, right? I mean, a lot of the previous Alien games, you're, you know, playing some sort of character that has guns, and you can mow down aliens like they were nothing. They're not nearly the threat that they've ever been proven to be. Whereas in this, you know, I mean, you might have, like, a flamethrower here and there, but the entirety of your game is spent hiding from the alien, trying to escape or trap it's, them. It harkens back to the first Alien movie, and I really, I really dig that. Moving on to PlayStation. First up, we have... Madden 19 Ultimate Super Bowl Edition for $23.99, but that's exclusively for PlayStation Plus members. Speaking I, of Super Bowls. Uh, let's not go there. Um, none of us have, like, actual um, investment in the game. I was just... Well, all of America does. Um, <laughs> unless you're from Boston. Uh, which is funny because this is the only time I buy Madden is during the Super Bowl weekend because it's always cheap, and I'm like, I'm treating this as a game of service. I'm only paying two bucks on it. That's it. Um, so yeah, if you're a PlayStation Plus member, you get an exclusive early deal there for twenty three ninety nine. You can get the game Thief, the reboot, for four ninety nine. Murdered Soul Suspects for three ninety nine, which is an interesting game. I kind of it. It was a weird game. I enjoyed it, um, but for four bucks, I think it's worth your time. And uh, finally, L.A. Noir Remastered is $19.99. There's also a big Rockstar sale for their PS2 classics that they have. I'm actually interested interested in it. I might pick up uh, Vice City because they have that on sale, and uh, I, I love I love me some Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So those are your deals for the week. Get some games, you cheap SOBs. Now, yeah, we don't... You know what? I should have looked that up. I'm sorry, Switch players. There was a running gag on the first run of this show that I hate Nintendo. I don't hate Nintendo. 
I just don't care about Nintendo. I'm not backtracking. They're just irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> although I have played the new Smash, and that's actually really fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to play. I'm trying to convince um, my buddy Luke to get uh, Mario Tennis because he's got Smash. He's got Mario Kart. I'm like, get tennis, man. I want to play that. So let's move on to the next part of the show. And Chance, I want you to go first. Sparks has just been running in and trying to okay. interrupt me. All, I'll go first. All night. I'll go first. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, I want to talk about what games we're playing right now. Right now. Okay. Red Dead Redemption 2 is amazing. And should have. Oh, yeah, boy. Boy. <laughs> it should have won Game of the Year, but it didn't. That's okay. It's still number one in my hearts. Uh, definitely, definitely worth it being delayed. Like, I know it's not a perfect game. Some of the mechanics are kind of iffy, I will admit. But narratively and characters and just attention to detail, uh, it's, it's top-notch. Rockstar made it a terrific experience. Um, I hope they remaster Red Dead Redemption. Just to keep the continuous story going, that'd be great. But I don't know, Jake. What are your thoughts? Um, I've talked um a lot on loudopinionated.com and uh, other podcasts, and just amongst friends, people probably were annoyed when that game came out because it it really just took over my life, and it wasn't what I thought it would take over. Um, there was a certain part where I got to a certain part of the story where I just stopped playing the story and I was like, okay, I don't think I'm really embracing this game enough and I'm not, not really truly soaking yeah, it in a lot. So then I, yeah, there's yeah. So lot. then I just kind of ran around and was just doing random things in the world. And there was like a two to four hour stretch of me just hunting. Yeah. I hunted a lot. And <laughs> this is the greatest hunting game I've ever I wanted played. To... <laughs> Cause I'm just, Sorry, I wanted to get the Legend of the East Saddle, and I got it. It took forever. The legendary what? Legend of the East Saddle that Pearson can make you. It holds like 90 of everything. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I well, it started because I got Ashley to play it. Um, and she, she did the mission with Hosea where you can hunt the legendary bear. Mm-hmm. And I, when I played it, I just left and went back to camp because I was just like wrapped up in like getting the story progressed. Because mm-hmm. whenever I play games like that, I'm just like, I want to, I'm gonna get through the story first and then go back and play all the side stuff. Because some son of a bitch will spoil it. Right. And that's and then, but there was just at some point where I was like, there's so much cool. Because sh- Ashley was just roaming around and stuff, and I'm like, she looks like she's having a great time. You know what? I'm just gonna go just fuck around in this world for a while. And yeah, and so then I decided I'm going to find, because I knew there was a legendary gator, but I knew it was much later in the game, and I'm like, I'm going to find that fucker, and I'm going to kill him, and I'm going to make him into a vest, and it's going to look awesome. I did. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, Red Dead was so weird to me because I've never cared about that kind of stuff. I've never like been like, man, I'm going to just deep dive into the hunting and crafting and all this stuff, but it's so addicting. 
to hunt. Mm-hmm. And it's so and like when I'm explaining it to people, I'm like, I know it gets in the weeds and it's really fucking nerdy because I'm like, well, I gotta make these poison darts because I gotta get a perfect pellet because I'll get more money for it. Because if I shoot them a certain mm-hmm. way with this gun, it's gonna damage it, and I can't. Do, and I'm like, it just. And I'm like, well, if I go to this part, this part of the map, there's a lot of birds there because I gotta get a lot of feathers. And it's just like it's, it's just so nerdy, but yeah. It's like if I go running through the woods at night, looking for this legendary um, jaguar pelt, I might find.